Welcome to our farewell episode of Sermon Underwear, where we look at the stories, conversations, and situations that lead up to the sermons that are preached here at First Lutheran. We're taking a little hiatus from podcasting uh, this fall to focus on some other ministries that we're gearing up for, so you'll still be able to find the recordings of these services where you found them in the past and and, uh, listen to them again. We've been doing this for just about a year and want to thank our regular listeners and participants in the live recordings as well. And also thank our irregular listeners, too. You are in good company in this crowd. So um, this is Pastor Brian. This is Father Tom. And this is Pastor Perry. We're, we're finishing up our four-part series on faith, hope, love, and now joy. And that series is built off of Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Paul says, And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. And I think in our conversation we'll hear Pastor Perry argue that joy is a result of these things as well. Pastor Brian, Paul says elsewhere in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. And then we have uh, uh, the comments to the Philippians, uh, starting with uh, chapter, or in chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. So joy um, is an interesting thing because I think it's something that we all want to have. We all want to have joy in our life, and I'm not not talking about um, my cousin who is named Joy, but but that that feeling that uh, that deep sense of, uh, of uh, and, and again, it's joy, but uh, some people would call it contentment. Um, joy is, is something that sometimes we find very, very elusive. So as I was looking for verses that I thought would fit with this, um, verse 8 from Philippians chapter 4 really hit me. Uh, and it says, finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And, and I think uh, in a lot of ways, I took that a long time ago as, as law. So don't, don't do or watch or listen to or see anything that isn't these things. And so you need to, to do all of these 
lovely and pure things. But what struck me um, a couple of weeks ago when I really began looking at this was that if, if we want to find joy, we have to look at those things, first of all, which we are grateful for, those things which uh, I think bring us peace, those things which uh, allow us to, to see God's goodness in this world. Uh, and, and it's been an interesting uh, few days here as I've talked to several people who are really struggling kind of with what uh, Brian talked about last week. Well, um, not, the, not the love part, but well, loving your enemies and really having a sense of anger and frustration about the world today. And as we talked, it's like, what do we, what do we look for? And what do we look at? And uh, it made me, reminded me of verse eight in trying to focus on those things which can bring us joy rather than uh, our Facebook or social media feed that brings us anger and uh, um, <clears throat> unsettled lives and the opposite of joy. So I think tied to where that sermon could have ended this last week, and we, we hear that command from Jesus, love your enemy. And as you picked up on that, uh, as you were talking about this text too, you know, that can be heard as a, a legalistic command. You ought to lo love your enemy. And that's not incorrect. That's a truthful and appropriate command. Um, but we talk about elsewhere too, that uh, the command doesn't necessarily accomplish the thing. You know, it, it it takes something happening to us. I mean, I can certainly try and love my enemy, but something has to happen to me that uh, that opens me up or makes me see the world in a different way that then compels me to want to see my neighbor in a different way too. And so it's that experiencing God's love for me, or as you're lifting up here, it's this finding joy or seeing things or experiencing uh, that instances of faith hope and love that then opened me up to I, I'm willing to be vulnerable again and enter out there into the world and look for the good that's going on around us. So I think you, you picked up on a couple important things there of what what allows me to experience joy. Um, it's it's these things that happen to me. And I was thinking you you had challenged us in our last podcast to make a list each day of three things that we're grateful for. And I have to confess here I I didn't uh, get the three done every day, but a, a few days I did take the time to do that. And the pattern that I noticed of the things that I was grateful for, um, a lot of times were things that were entirely out of my control or didn't have anything to do with my doing or, or that um, things on my gratitude list were, <clears throat> excuse me, things that surprised me, that outcomes that I hadn't asked for, wasn't looking for. Um, but nonetheless happened to me and I was grateful or, or joyful because of it. One of the things that I felt um, particularly convicted by in Pastor Brian's last sermon was the individual accountability for love and for loving our enemies and that challenge to not let the problem uh, you know, to, to make it your thing and not wait for other people to, you know, yeah, my enemies do need to love me more. It's their fault that the world's so bad. Um, 
and I think that that's a, I think that that's an insight with joy too. Um, I think that joy, and especially in the Christian sense, is something that can only be um, received in the presence of these three other things: faith, hope, and love. And I see. I I, I mean, I do get some joy from love. I'll have to think about that more, but faith and hope are, are more of my source of joy when I think about, um, when I think about, you know, joy, I guess one of the things I think about is the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is very fleeting. I think you can be, you know, different things make you happy and different things make you not happy. And hap- and I think happiness is more of an external thing. You know, these external things bring you happiness or don't. But joy, I feel like, comes from within you in that gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, we've talked about, I, you know, the, the Holy Spirit wells up within you and overflows. And I think um, joy comes from those promises of Christ um, and from the faith that we have in, in Jesus. And so when I, when I think about love and all these, you know, waiting for other things that make me joyful. I don't think joy can come from um, outside. It has to, Christian joy, what we, you know, all these words get kind of flubbed around and put on card, you know, greeting cards and things. But I think Christian joy comes from that place of the dwelling of the spirit that in, G, in John, Jesus talks about it bubbling up within us and, and overflowing. There's a joy, 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 joy down in my heart. heart. <laughs> um, so that's where I think um, that would be my thought. I, I, and, I, and I do think, you know, I think, Perry, you picked a great capstone to our, to our uh, sermon series here. I've enjoyed this series, too. I remember when it was proposed, when we got done with joy. Uh, we got done with joy. Job. Done with Job. Uh, it was like let's let's do something uh, lighthearted, and I thought, fine, let's do some light and fluffy stuff. And I, I <laughs> I've actually turned out to to really enjoy this series, um, and so yeah, I'm grateful for that. I was remembering uh, when I first came here, the first summer that I was here with First Lutheran, I did a a sermon on on joy, and the congregation must have concluded at the end of that sermon. I think Pastor Brian really needs some joy because I got a flood of emails about uh, different things related to joy. But uh, one that was kind of helpful that I thought of when you were speaking, Father Tom, somebody sent me the acronym for joy um, is Jesus over you. Like to say that our, our Christian joy is found when we're looking at or towards or hoping in Jesus and uh, not looking at ourselves, that we can find a a joy that's not going anywhere when when we look at Jesus. That's not going away, I should say it that way. Yeah. I I'm putting that one in my sermon quiver for the next time I, I preach a joy sermon. That's a good good insight. That, and that actually fits really well with the first three that we've had. When you look at faith coming from the Holy Spirit, uh comes from outside of us, hope. Really, there is no hope if we're going to try to do it ourselves. So hope comes from outside of ourselves. And again, love is shown to us by God, and that love has been shown to us as his enemies. 
um, prior to us making any move towards him. So it's always God's move. And so Jesus over you really, really fits well, especially with the way we've laid it out here. I was going to, one of, one of the most um, helpful reflections I've heard on Choi um, is a book that was co-written by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, the Archbishop of, uh, former Archbishop of South Africa. And uh, both those dudes have no reason to be joyful at all. You know, the Dalai Lama got kicked, you know, he was like this, young kid who was now like the leader of his religion and then like the land that that religion was associated with you know he got kicked out of there he's been in exile his whole life uh desmond tutu grew up in apartheid south africa and was harassed by an oppressive government neither one of these guys have any reason to crack a smile the rest of their life but they are like the nuttiest goofballs in the whole world like they just like their joyfulness radiates out and you can't help but but smile in their presence and i think you know and in this book they talk about i i forget it might be called the book of joy or something like that but they talk about how um yeah joyful joyfulness is abiding it doesn't uh you might not feel joyful all the time but the source of joy is always available to you um and it is not um while some of the things that make us happy, like maybe the success of the Vikings or, or something else, uh, can affect your happiness, Jesus has won the victory, the most important match of all. Um, and uh, and that's, that's the source of, of our joy. And so that's why those – well, it's not why the Dalai Lama's smiling all the time. He's got joy from – he's got a different kind of joy. But Desmond Tutu, that's what keeps him going. Have you experienced joy this week? And if you have not, what have you been grateful for this week? <laughs> and see if that see if that helps. Because maybe we haven't consciously been grateful for anything this week. My question would be to, you know, we, we talk about these abide. I mean, maybe the maybe the term abiding could be helpful here. And we've talked a little bit about abiding things, you know, things that are not happenstance but um something permanent and i think we all have memories that maybe have even gotten shinier with the benefit of time um maybe it's um maybe it's someone you love accomplishing something or maybe it's um maybe it's a wedding or a baptism or something but I would invite you to think, you know, we, we talk, you know, we joke a little bit about, uh, you know, finding our joy in the end of the world and Christ's judgment scene, things like that. But, um, but there are certain things when I look back on that, you know, even, even though they're not maybe directly about Jesus, I do think Jesus is present in them. Um, and things that I remember when, you know, I, when I'm tempted to despair and say, has, any, has anything good ever happened to me? Man, why do I always seem to be getting the raw end of the stick on this life thing? And then um, I remember those occasions of joy in my life. Or <laughs> more often than not, my wife remembers them and reminds them uh, to, or reminds me of them. So 
what are those occasions in your life where you can remember joy that that is uh, maybe maybe Jesus had something to do with, and maybe think about how Jesus had something to do with that. That was not a very tight question, but maybe in that rambling you can think of some. Maybe joy can be present. This series, Faith, Hope, Joy, Faith, Hope, Love, Joy, has particularly in this episode, as we've, we've kind of threaded all this back together, has made me think of uh, promises and how promises affect uh, our faith, our hope, our love, our joy. So my, my first question for you is, when has someone um, made a promise to you and how has that shaped the way that you looked at your future of your relationship with that person? Um, you know, maybe it was uh, a, a promise related to hope, you know, that you hoped something would come about or a promise related to love and how that would come about. How did you feel when that promise was fulfilled? And then to pull that into the, the bigger conversation too, that we're talking about here with our faith um, and, and these promises from God, I, we talk about something that comes from outside of us, these promises from God. And we've been talking about uh, uh, the second coming and, and related to that, but uh, promises that God has made to us in our past, in our baptism, uh, that he makes to us in each worship service to, uh, again, forgive and continue to call us his own. How do those promises shape your faith, um, shape your hope for the future, uh, shape your experience of love and and as we're going to hear about this coming weekend, uh, what joy do you find in the promises that have been made to you and uh, the promises that are yet to be fulfilled? 